bring him on up here. James and Oliver Phelps. Yeah. And I was asking him, you know, how do you um, 
had to go from that character to say, Dumbledore, because they're two completely different people. And he essentially said that um, playing Dumbledore was a bit different because he can't really base him on someone that he's met. Whereas <laughs> this Giza, he's obviously met um, a few people like that. So um, it's just, we, we were very fortunate because Oliver and I never went to stage school or drama school or any of that. So we were able to ask these amazing actors any questions that we had. What were, what were some of the things that you gravitated to as fans? I, I think we have a room full of people that gravitated toward, uh, toward these movies that you guys were in, these parts that you played. Uh, were, were there books, movies, music? I know that you're both big fans of rock music uh, from, from some reading I did. What, what was it for you? What was your fandom growing up? Um, fandom? Probably sport. Football. So <laughs> golf guys, right? Yeah, golf, rugby, cricket, uh, yeah, all sorts, really. So, I mean, a lot of my friends were, were all into that as well. And obviously movies, when we were, I suppose we were 12, 11, um, like the, the second generation, I suppose, of Star Wars films came out. So that brought that whole back uh, in everybody's forefront uh, imagination, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and to go from that, and then, as you say, music as well, which, um, where we're from, uh, the city we're from is the home of... Uh, Birmingham? From Birmingham, yeah, it's the home of metal music, which, in real metal men. Yeah, it's probably not necessarily terribly popular, as you could call it, in, uh, in terms of uh, media. But we were really proud to be from that city. And growing up, we used to go to nightclubs and still go to nightclubs where that music was playing in St. London's. And that was a cool bit about the, uh, when we did the Goblet of Fire, we just turned 18, so legal age to go out clubbing in the UK. All kinds of trouble you can get into. It's great, we had to get a hair down this time and everything. And um, yeah, just go hit on a Friday night, yeah, it's great. <laughs> One of the things I picked up on in the litany of different bands that you guys are fans of, I'm a particularly big fan of Queen. Uh, and I think about the pageantry and drama. Hey, hey, let's hear it is, is, there something, is there something about the performance aspect of metal music, rock and roll music, that's, that's really what engages you, just grabs you? Maybe. I know that any time I've, like, we've been very fortunate to meet a lot of our favourite rock bands. Um, and so I always go a bit, who? <laughs> and I think it's because, and, and then equally, they can, and also, I guess it's also sports guys we've met as well. Um, we all, I guess we all kind of have this idea that the other person's world is really amazing and glamorous and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I guess with, with sports and musicians, you can see the talent there and then, whereas I guess acting, you, the whole point is that you don't show the talent. <laughs> so it's, um, it's that, kind of, that kind of way. But yeah, when we're actually fortunate to, um, there's a band called Disco called Belfort Revolver who were uh, like, and so um, a couple of times we, we were able to meet like Scott Island, the parents, Slash, people like that. And I remember, again, I was like, hi, no. <laughs> and uh, I remember saying to them, you know, do you ever get nerves? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. But it's just part of it, which um, I've actually done stage, stage work since. And I don't get like overly nervous, but if I'm ever feeling a bit, uh, okay, they play to stadiums, it's fine. <laughs> Well, I wonder, um, for me, personally, I think a lot of people too, Prisoner of Azkaban was a big turning point in the series of movies where, where some, some, more, some more maturity came to the characters, and there were, there were more layers to what uh, everybody was able to do in the movies. And I wonder if 
if there was a particular point that either of you found uh, in developing these characters over all these years that felt particularly significant, was there a particularly significant year where where you felt like uh, like you were getting to grow and stretch your wings a bit? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Azkaban in the um, <clears throat> the Marauders map scene that was because it was uh, it was the first time really that we'd had we were, the characters were able to do something which had a a, a meaningful point in the whole. Uh, well, as it turned out, the rest of the whole of uh, Harry Potter's journey, <laughs> giving him the Marauders map. But at the time, it was great to be able to film uh, so close, and everything was all computer animated, and the map, and how all that moved. And I remember filming that, thinking this is a really cool moment to do. Although, for some reason, they filmed it in the middle of August, when it was baking hot outside. <laughs> that was actually the hottest day on record in the UK, when we filmed that scene, so... Really, <laughs> Woody had to really yeah, yeah. It's a double memory for me. It was, I think if you, if you'd see a photo of the crew filming, they're all in like t-shirts and shorts. Meanwhile, we're in like layers and layers of clothes, like, take the map. <laughs> <laughs> Explains what it does on the back. Right, now we, we have a, a couple lines of uh, a lot of people that want to ask questions. Uh, try to keep answer your, your questions uh, short and concise, and, and just uh, for the benefit of the line, we'll, we'll try to get through everybody that we can. Well, we have so much time here, uh, so let's see. Let's let's start over here on this side, or the other side. Uh, um, did y'all ever play twin pranks on the cast and crew while filming? <laughs> now, now that was that was either a look of I can't remember, or should I say something? <laughs> Definitely the latter. Um, <laughs> I don't know about uh, we do. Uh, don't get us wrong. We did play quite a few pranks when we were filming, but not necessarily switching who was who. Um, that's too easy. <laughs> One prank I have done on my brother a few times is signing my hotel room check to his room. <laughs> But I think, it, I think it's a good event. We were at a, uh, a charity auction last year. The main rule that we have with any doing pranks, you've got to be able to take them yourself. If you're going to do it, you, that's, that's the rule. Just so everyone knows. Continue. Okay. So, so in, in payback for the whole uh, room build thing, yeah, we were on tables of ten in a big, a big room like this, and uh, they had iPads on the thing, and you could bid on items throughout the whole thing. And every time you bid, it would come up on the screen. You bid. Uh, so James, at the end of the night, after I can't remember how much, but was the proud owner of the I don't know if you, I suppose you still have it here with baseball cards, but used to come in cigarette packets uh, in like the twenties and thirties of different players. Uh, well, they did it in the UK with cricket players. So James proudly won for all to see. Um, a thousand, uh, four hundred of these framed uh, <laughs> It was literally this big. <laughs> I don't know anyone on this thing. <laughs> well, again, the best thing was on Christmas morning when James opened his present, he knew what it was. <laughs> Guess what Oliver's birthday present was that year? <laughs> Next question over here. 
Hi, my name is Mandy. Uh, I was wondering, what is one of the weirdest things a fan has ever said to you? Oh, you guys probably get the list. <laughs> this weekend, the... <laughs> very um, respectful of your of you. Um, it's not kind of just like that and go. They're all very, they want to engage with you and be very, just have a chat. And there's, there's no real awkwardness, I guess. Um, so yeah, we've got that in that regard. Next question. Thank you. Uh, during shooting, what was your favorite and least favorite scene to do? Um, favorite scene was I mean, are we okay for spoilers, everybody in this room? <laughs> I just want to check. Uh, favorite scene was on the um, Yule Bull scene in the Bottle of Fire. That was, that was brilliant. Mainly because we had we had a load of uh, like dance training as well before that. Which is a shame we didn't get to see more of it in the film, but the month building up to it, we all had these suits. And it was the week before Christmas as well, so it was a festive movie anyway. And I always remember that, that was awesome. Least favourite scene? Probably a night shoot outside. No, seven hour sequence. I thought what everyone else thought he was going to say then. Thanks, brother. James, I'm sure his favourite scene was. Are your favourite scene was that? Hey. <laughs> they talk all the time. Yeah, we do. Uh, my, I guess my favourite, one of the favourite films scenes that we did was again in the Goblet of Fire when we're the Weezers are in the on the way to the Quidditch World Cup, and they literally built the whole campsite and everything was going on like there was fire every like when the uh, the darkness. Um, there's this like fire shooting off everywhere, and they didn't tell us exactly what was going to happen to keep the reactions going. <laughs> but they had fire marshals standing by just in case anything happened. <laughs> I had ginger hair at this point. Long ginger hair. I'm standing. I'm standing. This actually happened. I'm standing by this tent, and it's all going. Ah, uh, what's happening? What's happening? Cut. Thank you. And all of a sudden, I get this spray of foam in my head. <laughs> fire guy was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> then in equal measure, I guess that would also be one of my least favourite things we did. Because um, before we did that, we were told, yeah, um, the director's like, yeah, we want you to put some like, face paint on your, on your face to cheer on Ireland. So, okay, I was like, well, no, I'm a big shamrock on my face, like, let's do that. We'd filmed this for two weeks, so for every day I had to have shamrock drawn on it. And obviously you can't itch or scratch your or touch your face when you've got a face paint on. So that was kind of sitting on my hands for two weeks. <laughs> Top it off, I got sprayed by a phone. Next question. Okay, if you were a superhero, what would your superhero name be and what would your power be? Oh. 
Yes, not I don't think Bukit answer would be my superpower. Um, Yeah, probably some like teleportation or something like that. And I'd be called the Q jump. <laughs> <laughs> people, uh, people who didn't make it and who wish they had that super. <laughs> right, I'm going to make the story right now. I really like tea, English tea, so I've got to be called Tea Man. But I don't get my powers by having tea. And my power would be... And how, how would you self-prime with the tea? No, this is it. No, this is how I get my power. Poor Elm. You're getting into his origin story, you're spoiling it. Yeah, it's not the It's going to work for the book. Um, and my super... Uh, what, what was yours? What's your What's he do? He jumps cues. <laughs> Amazing at conventions. He <laughs> can even teleport. Um, yeah. Team. But oh, my team man would, he would, um... <laughs> Has anybody got a shovel for Jason Diggins? Yes. <laughs> uh, he could what? He makes the best tea. He's the best host in the world. <laughs> Next question. Hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I just wondered, because JK never really released what Fred and George's Patronuses were, so I was wondering what Patronus you guys would choose. For Fred and George? Uh, How would you rewrite Rome? You can. Um, <laughs> it would be something, I suppose it would be something quite jokes, quite joke and quite mischievous maybe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people say Foxes. Yeah, yeah, you're over there. Yeah, a fox. Yeah, and it's Ginger's website. Next question. Hi. Um, how do the casting directors decide which one of you would be Fred and which one of you would be George? Yeah. It was actually the the read through for the first the first film. So in a sense, all the cast is in a big room, uh, and all the tables are there, and you read through the script. And it's about 10 minutes before the June start. And we saw there was Chris Columbus, David Heyman, J.K. Rowling, and uh, Jack Nelson, who's the head class and head in the room. And we said, uh, who's, who's friend who's George? And she said, are you kidding, right? <laughs> so she walked around the room, we saw them talking with each other. And then a minute later, she came back and said, right, okay, James and Fred, I'll be your George. So we'd like to think they were just recapping notes from a major board meeting they had. <laughs> Same reactions to stuff. That's kind of, uh, I think, that the 
jumping in on online, but also all of the likes of take that it's trying, as you probably tell. He sabotaged my microphone at the start of this. <laughs> he was too busy making his tea. <laughs> Next. Okay. Hi. Um, so what I want to know is, throughout all of the filming of ev every movie, of Harry, I can't speak, I'm so sorry, of every Harry Potter movie that you guys did. It's okay, just breathe. <laughs> was it hard for you guys to get into character, or are you guys just naturally mischief makers? I don't see a lot of mischief going on the stage. Um, yeah, it was quite easy, I suppose, because at that age, I suppose what 14-year-old lad isn't up for a laugh and a joke and do anything to get out of his schoolwork. Um, so yeah, it was quite easy to get into, into the character set. Um, and that's, that's like our mates at school were all like that, we all have jokes with each other. So it was just, to begin with, just portraying a more um, enhanced version of yourself, really. And we would have jokes with people on set as well, so just keep it to the going well. Thanks. Hi, I wanted to know what cologne you use. <laughs> Just as I'm, I'm literally reading it, and without sounding all arty party actor person, it was literally like reading in like like a friend of mine had died. It was really, which surprised a that's reading it surprised me, and then I was more surprised by my reaction to reading what had happened, like how I was feeling. I was like, oh. as I'm doing that, this Japanese ticket man came around, he was kind of pointed at me and said something in Japanese, which I assume was, can I see your ticket? <laughs> and I was like, hang on, hang on, I've just died. <laughs> and he was like, no, oh, ticket, ticket, ticket. I was like, dead, dead. <laughs> so, it, it kind of like was a complete whirlwind of emotions in that, that time, but uh, it, it was very surprising, but equally it was, um, in a way it, it was, I don't want to say cool, because it wasn't cool, but it was um, different for the fact that it, it kind of affirmed people that twins aren't always together. They don't have to be together to be individual people. So, um, so it was that kind of thing that we answered and described. How did you feel? I'm glad I just lost an ear. Yeah, it was interesting, as James said, it was, it was, it was in one way, it was quite good that it wasn't um, both of them went down together. And I think it was more, even more poignant that Fred was with Percy at the time. 
for another George because it just shows that they're all brothers just because they're twins doesn't mean that he's going to grab him a lot more than the other. Um, but yeah, that was, that's kind of it. And even more thankful that it happened in the last book and not the first. <laughs> if I can ask a quick follow-up. Uh, that, that scene in particular, it, it personally hit me pretty hard. I have a related experience, and, and I'm, I'm curious about the preparation for that. Is that something that, that you really had to do a lot of uh, meditative work about, about what that would be like? Well, not for me. <laughs> Actually, going back to easiest days on set, that was one of the easiest days on set. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of it, yeah, because you had to... Uh, you have to get into the moment where you're thinking you know, everybody at some point unfortunately has lost someone close to um, and it's getting yourself into that mindset and um, almost feeling that thing and I remember Julie Waters, uh, I actually I spoke to Julie Waters about it a couple of weeks before and I said, how do you get into a mindset like that? So the best thing is to just really involve yourself in that, in that emotion um, when you go to set, just be in that. If someone tries to talk to you, just almost blank. So you're in that set. You can always apologise afterwards that you didn't talk to someone, and they'll understand that you're in character, you're in the zone. Um, so on terms with that, and get a lot of eucalyptus blown in my face, um, so I was like crying. It was uh, yeah, it was quite an interesting day. But I was told beforehand that it would be a close set, meaning that it would literally be like the Weasleys and the camera, and that was it. Instead, we get to film, and the whole great hall is filled with people and bodies and stuff. So that, that was, if anything, that was more weird crying in front of a load of people than anything else. Um, but subsequently, since I think people take a story like that and overdo it, so it must happen on a weekly, on a weekly basis. Somebody sends me a thing on Twitter saying, "Is this true?" And there's this photo, and because it's a photo, it takes on the internet. It's not true. Um, and it's, it's this whole paragraph about how. James and I were in floods of tears throughout the whole building to the process and we hugged each other and said, I love you at the end of it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose that's, people, people want it to be as real as possible. And um, I, I can kind of get where people make stuff like that up from, because it sounds a hell of a lot friendlier, or a lot more romantic than, he fell asleep on the floor and we all to lunch. <laughs> It's, one, it's wonderful work either way. Yeah, it wasn't, I've, I've got to go, it wasn't a nice day filming at all. It was quite draining doing that. It wasn't let's go for milkshakes after. No, it wasn't that at all. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good when it was done. Anyway, it's good when it was done. It's amazing work. Let's hear it for him. Tea man would be useful. 
wish it would be even better. <laughs> so anyway, that's a bit like in the UK you can only say hello, it's a very mutual friendly experience. In the US, first one I walked into, it was uh, it's like one other guy in the room, completely empty, and I was like, hey, how's it going, man? He just looked. Just kind of sit there, and then another guy comes in. He just looks, there's like five chairs in this room, and he just looks at me and then looks at the other guy. Mm. <laughs> Signs in, and gets out on IMDB and starts looking at what everyone else has done. <laughs> okay, anyway, that's what I've been doing now. Um, sorry, to answer your question, I guess it would be. Kingdom with uh, Stephen Fry. Yeah, we've we've done um, a bit of TV and I've also done stage work as well. Like I, I said in the in the UK, which was absolutely fantastic because we had three weeks to to do this show, like to rehearse it before you put it on, and you kind of just have to completely immerse yourself in it because if you don't, you're going to get found out in front of like as many people are in this room, and that's not a good place you want to be. So. Um, it was weird, I kind of did everything I didn't do for my exams at school. So, I did okay in this stage. And um, it was, it, yeah, to be honest with you, I think that was, that was probably the highlight of what I've done post Potter. What was that show? It was a, it was a new comedy in the UK uh, show um, called uh, The Life of Woody, I think it was called. But basically it was a Jewish comedy. I'm not Jewish. Um, so we would do these lines and then in rehearsals there would be no one to listen or laugh or whatever because it was empty, empty theatre. So on the night there's certain parts which were <coughs> funny for everybody but when you could always tell when there's a big Jewish presence because all of a sudden they'll start laughing in the middle of the scene. <laughs> Changes completely when you get on and speed. Next question. Hi, first of all, Oliver, yesterday you asked me if there was anything interesting to do with Dallas. Forgive me for being starstruck. Next time you hear Sunday at Square, Julian Candace. My question is. It's almost My question is, um, you've had some amazing, dazzling co-workers over the years. Of course, Alan Rickman, Maggie Smith. Um, I'm wondering if you have any stories about somebody in particular. Alan Rickman pranking Maggie Smith. <laughs> say here to be honest with you. <laughs> as bad an answer as that is for everyone. Um, was, it, was it that sort of kind of a familial atmosphere of you know you don't you don't tell tales about the family reunion? Yes, it says so, yeah, it says things you don't. Just because everyone's at their own pace as well. Um, yeah, I can remember, I mean a nice story what happened here once as a uh, one of the doubles she was doing her, um, some coursework for her exams. And she had to do a piece about, I can't remember what it meant, um, documentary piece almost. And he he offered and did um, like narrated this this piece for her exam, which is going to be pretty cool if you tell you know you're rocking it with an A there and an A I usually. <laughs> um, but just stuff like that was just nice. I mean, you didn't have to do stuff like that, but on on that to offer that to Next. Hi. Is that Harley Quinn? What was the sadder moment the, when, when Fred dies or when Hogwarts can, I talk, when Hogwarts completely collapses at the end? I think that before you answer. <laughs> 
real big stakes. Not the Egypt. And Hogwarts burned down, obviously. Um, I don't know, to be honest with you, it was... Uh, I just really feel everyone's eyes looking on me. <laughs> I, I guess they're both, they're both pretty sad, but they, um, they're both meaningful in the story. Um, just separate, but yeah, for <laughs> Next. First of all, I want to say you guys did great in the movies, in my opinion. But uh, my question is, what's your favorite out of all the animals in the books and the movies? Like Pigmy Pops, Owls, Hippogriffs? <laughs> Choose carefully. Buckbeak is listening. <laughs> uh, favorite? Um, yeah, probably Hippogriffs. Just because they. Um, it's quite an odd type of uh, animal being. And uh, yeah, like we saw, also when they're filming it, they, had, uh, they actually had like the different models. I mean, you just go to the art department every, every week, just have a little nose and see what's, got, what's, what's coming up. And you see the progression of how these, these animals are developing. And you know, they say, okay, this design is going to produce this week. They see what they come back with and then they change it a bit. And so yeah, cause I remember seeing that whole process all the way, all the way through. Really. I think mine would be the dragon in the fourth movie. Um, simply because they did actually build a dragon, which uh, just, for, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but it, it was like to detail. And uh, obviously there's a scene in the fourth movie when Fred and George scream, Well done, well dragon! Done, dragon. There you go. <laughs> which was like that, yeah. <laughs> Which was one of my favourite lines that we did. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, I'd say the, the dragon. Next. Hi. Um, did you ever switch roles on the set? No. Um, we, we did in a rehearsal once on the first film, but we didn't actually do it when filming, mainly because if you think the amount of people in this room now, times that by a couple, is the crew who are working that day on a film set, and if you're responsible for everybody working extra, like overtime or having to come in over the weekend because of you messing about, didn't really want to, I didn't really want to be part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then again, as, as I say, but then going back to people romanticising about stories, we've read, we've read stuff that they've had to reshoot half the film in the Chamber of Secrets because we swapped. <laughs> My friend George dressed exactly the same in this film. So. in a round of applause for our volunteers. Thank you. 